Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. I like Snickers, but only if they're cold so I can like eat them in separate intervals. She likes to cut them up like George Costanza. You like to autopsy it? Yeah, I autopsy it. I like to eat the nougat off the bottom and then the caramel and the peanuts off the top but not necessarily all together. You know how I eat a Kit Kat? Do you break <laughs> off each piece? Do you nope. take the wafers apart? I, I shave, I take a knife and I shave the chocolate off of the sides and the front and the bottom and the top and eat it and throw the chocolate away. Well, what I is, but, eat the chocolate off with the you? sides and then I eat each wafer. and the, I, I like the wafer with just a whisper of chocolate. So why don't you just get the chocolate sugar wafers? That's the same thing. That's true. Well, you know, if if I did actually purchase stuff like that, I, that's what I would purchase. But I see, love sugar Dylan wafers. loves Dylan loves Local Kit Kats, lives. so I have them in the house. Or you can like get them a little bit warm in the microwave so that you could peel the chocolate off. Ooh, that's a good idea. Just a little bit warm. If you do it too much, then the It'll chocolate's going to melt. We had an unproductive day. Wait, why was the day unproductive? Because we went out specifically looking for some cool Halloween shirts, and the only fucking thing in the store was Christmas. Mm, What the fuck is that about? We went to three different, seriously went to four stores. Four stores and and seven years ago. (laughs) And in one store, we found three shirts. And they were all lame. There was one that looked like a jack-o'-lantern. And then there was one that said, this is the my lamest. Laziest, my laziest costume. Oh. My lazy attempt no. at a costume. I don't know. It was stupid. Well, tomorrow I'm just going to, I'm going to go to Spirit Halloween. I mean, I did buy one. It was only six bucks. So it's not like it was super expensive, but I'm going to go to Spirit Halloween tomorrow and see if they have anything better. Because we did not go there. No, we went to. Col- but it wasn't even the Halloween shirt. I went looking for bedding stuff. Found no bedding stuff. Nope. Mm. I feel like there's just a lot of stuff not in stores because people just can't get it in. Well, the fact that I haven't left the house in two and a half weeks and then I fucking leave the house and there w- the stuff we went for isn't even there. That's yeah. frustrating. But I mean, to be fair, it's Ugh. not like I had a bad time. It was still no. We had a good time. It we was had well, still and I think a lot around. of people probably start companies probably started canceling orders because yeah, they were like, we don't know what sure. the hell is going to happen. Well, in and- Halloween, to be fair, I mean, what are people doing for Halloween this year? They're not really going anywhere or going to any parties or except for us, of course. We're having our own goddamn party. Woot. Mm. I got dark chocolates just for you. Ooh. I gave blood this week. (laughs) Kind of made me think of me and Megan. Uh Because the questions that they ask you when you give blood should be on the dating app, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Because some of these questions have... You've given, have you guys I, I ever try, given blood? I tried to give blood, but then they missed my vein and I probably filled out the questionnaire. I just don't remember it. Yeah. Well, like, and this isn't the first time that I've given blood, but like some of these questions are like, have you ever slept with a man who slept with another man who's mm-hmm. or for money or drugs? Have oh, you that is ever, on there. I do. have you ever <laughs> slept with a man who's used illegal 
Yes. And or like some of these questions, and all I could think of is like, they really should have that in a dating app. They should. It's like, I'm gonna have to make some text questions before I can fill out this questionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Bumble last night, actually, bumbling around. Bumbling around. Bumbling around. Don't find any. Didn't find any bumbling. I wrote one person because the one I matched with, and I relooked, and I was like, I don't want to match. <laughs> but he hasn't <laughs> responded. Changed I, your mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> it was. I, it was. You know, bumbling at like eleven thirty at night's never a good play. <laughs> oh. Sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you like reevaluate, and you're like, Oh uh, no, unmatch. <laughs> at eleven o'clock at night, after two glasses of wine, you're like, Yeah, you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't really apply to any of us. But you want some true horror. We got some in Oklahoma this week. Did you see it? You, uh, oh, wait. The, the, the cannibal dude? Yes. Yes. Oh. The cannibal hotel. Oh. Yeah. Two what? dudes. Yes. This, is, this actually happened. There's a news story about it. In Oklahoma, there were two dudes offering a clinic for um, castration. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, when, I guess, some guy you know, made an appointment or whatever with these two dudes. And he, when he got there, they started chatting with him and he, they, he, he was offering them some bits and pieces from other people that they had put in the freezer for consumption later on. Yeah. This is it's a real thing. Yeah. The dudes I saw cutting them. off balls and then serving them up for dinner. So what do you think their dating app would be like? I'm Their like, profile. Mm, let's have some tasty treats together. <laughs> I love meaty treats. Come over and I'll cook for you. <laughs> just, just bring the spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> bring yes, the spaghetti. Well. I'll provide the balls. Oh. oh my. <laughs> now I can see somebody That's saying that scary. and meaning other things too. <laughs> That's why it fits. Just make sure they're sweaty. Sweaty <laughs> balls are the best. Mm, baby, this tastes like Parmesan. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going straight to hell. And it's okay. Oh, I think it's time to transi- transition. I'm going to have to look that up. You got, I, I'm yeah, it's actually, a, it was actually in the news this week. Yeah, it's but a real that kind thing. of does tie into my fear. It does. It does. Oh, I love a good segue. Cannibalism? Not quite, (laughs) but creepy people, yes. I feel like over the years, my fear consistently, especially because typically I've lived alone, and I've always had that fear of someone breaking into my house, me getting murdered, and no one knowing about it. Oh. Oh, Somebody finding you like days later. Yes. And or the uh, like, kind of a segue of that fear is being the victim of a serial killer that's never caught. Uh, yeah, the unsolved serial killer phobia. Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty bad one. It's, yeah, and it, I think that's that's a fairly common one among among sing, young single women. Yeah, because it's that thing of like, especially when I was living in Ohio and all my family was out of state, it was like, would people come looking for me? Like, my parents would probably be like ringing my phone, but they were eight hours away. Yeah, you know, like unless somebody from I didn't have a large group of friends in those cities, so mm-hmm. how long would it take for someone to start kicking down my door? Mm, so that good point that was always kind of a fear actually in my first apartment i purposely lived on the second floor for that reason 
Because it'd be harder to murder you and drag you down the stairs. Well, and harder to, in theory, harder to get into because you have to like scale the balcony or go up oh, the stairs. Oh, I get it. Okay. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have a ground floor window. You don't want to make it too easy for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm, good point. And it doesn't help that I watch a lot of true crime. I was going to say, yeah. that can't make it easy. No, because when- there are nights where like I'll be watching something on ID and I'll just like be like, nope, too creepy tonight. Like my brain's not in the right headspace to be watching mm-hmm. this moment and I have to turn it off. I think that sometimes. Yeah. Or like it'll be like windy like it is right now. And you know, the vents in the bathroom will blow in the wind. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like all enthralled in like a serial killer show. And I'll hear that like, and I'm like, what, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) Or like my oven makes a loud noise when it's cooling down. So if I've cooked. Yeah. yeah. So if I've cooked and I'm like deep into like criminal minds or some kind of like serial killer show or something. And I'll hear the oven like make that popping noise when it's like cooling, and then it scares bit, the hell out of me the first time. A bit like the uh, ice maker. Oh, that's why my ice maker stays off unless I know I need ice. Because <laughs> it's definitely scared me on more than one occasion. What freaks me out is when I'm watching a scary movie, and right now I've been watching scary movies because you know it's Hall- Halloween season and everything. Yeah. And then sometimes Echo will bark, just like at the wall or like oh, at yeah. the window sometimes and oh. when you're like all curled up and like into this See, cats are famous for that kind of shit where you'll be sitting here you know well at the time i was watching and the cat will like be by you know tracking its eyes ac- across mm-hmm. the ceiling and then all of a sudden they go yeah yeah and my take off running yeah yeah Abby constantly is like looking up and around i'm like there's nothing like what is there <laughs> <laughs> a spider that you can't see no i'm afraid it's like something ghost. some ghost <laughs> like crawling across the ceiling yeah, she's crazy it's a serial killer. Killer. it could be and maybe it's just a normal thing for women to be afraid of being murdered by a serial killer but <laughs> hey you know it's this is this is all about your phobia today when i think it's probably partially because i was obsessed with like unsolved murder cases in general like jack the ripper and Mm -hmm. so those like someone could kill you and no one would know who was it and they could be killing all kinds of other people and it would just suck it would be so horrible i'll wake up in the middle of the night and feel like the shape of the like cushions on the couch in my or on the chair in my bedroom are like the shape of a person and i know there's not like logically i'm like it's the freaking blanket and the pillow sitting on that chair but i'll like something will wake me up and i'll like look right at that same spot and be like is that a person no no it's <laughs> not a person of bad news that doesn't go away even if someone else like you're married i do that shit all the time or i'm afraid for any of us if you've seen i think what is it the first saw well, I where haven't, i haven't seen that one jumps out of the closet like oh, the yeah. lights are all off or like somebody standing over you while you're sleeping oh, oh yeah it's terrifying i also yeah. like do that thing where i'll be walking past because i have um like a glass door that goes from my like dining room to the patio <laughs> you scare oh. yourself because you I, see yourself in the no, mirror <laughs> but i have this fear of like you know when you look out the backyard that somebody's gonna be looking that at someone's you? gonna be looking back at me that there's gonna oh. be somebody because like in every horror movie like they look out the window into the night and then it's like a face appears so like there have been oh. nights where I've like had to turn on like Disney Channel because I'm like I gotta get this thought out of my head. Like I need like a happy. No, you gotta get a curtain. I had a door like that out to the backyard. I couldn't do it anymore. It freaked me out so much. We there's a curtain. I yeah. can only have the curtain open like the second the sun starts to go down. Even after we've enclosed it, so it's not even open to the outside anymore. That shit has to be closed because if I'm on the couch and it's open and dark, I'm like, 
who's what? No. Yeah. Like I just can't yes. looking at it. It's because like every time they watch a scary movie, they're like standing in their house and then the, yeah. the face appears in the doorway and it, oh. Yeah. I'm buying curtains. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had a set in my old house and like my door frame is not wood. It's metal. So you'd have to like drill into the metal. So we Uh-oh. like, so we've, and I, I put it like a tinting on the window. So that kind of helps me feel better. But Ugh. yeah, I think maybe, maybe the root of my fear is being like my personal space being invaded, like my safe space. Maybe that's yeah. the like, like your home, your home is supposed to be your safe place. Maybe that's really the root of the fear of. That could be that no, and no longer your safe space isn't really yeah. in the back of your mind. You're thinking, is it really safe for me to feel so at home in my own home? <laughs> I never really thought about it until we just kind of started talking about all the different things that creep me out in my own house. Mm. But maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Some, ah, some combination of the, of those couple of fears, I guess. So the book I read for my fear this week was. A Serial Killer's Daughter, My Story of Faith, Love, and Overcoming by Carrie Rawson, a.k.a. The Daughter of BTK. Ooh. Ooh. The good book, yeah. Yes. Um, and it made it extra creepy, A, because it wasn't that far. BTK was, a ser- for those who don't know, was Kansas a ser- City. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or no, Wichita. He was in was Wichita. Was it Wichita? Oh, that's yeah. Wichita. He's really close. It's Wichita. Yeah. yeah. He was a serial killer in like the 70s and 80s in Wichita, which is really only from Edmond to Wichita is about an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, it is not very far at all. No. And it was unsolved until like 2015 i was gonna say it wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago no, it wasn't that it wasn't that ago. long ago so this book i thought was really good because it gives you that feeling of losing that safe space or like serial killer fear because he was living a normal life he was a father he was a husband and between all of those things he was a serial killer it's like the dexter thing you know when mm-hmm. you think about all the stuff that he did in the books to cover up yes. his tendencies. Have you, have you ever seen Dexter or read the book? I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that he looks on the outside to be totally normal. normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he worked in the police department as like, like animal control, but some kind of like yeah. enforce enforcement of like community rules or, or whatever. Yeah. And like, it just talks about how like, she talks about how, you know, her life was just totally normal until February 25th. And then there was before and then there was after. And Holy her crap. like, yeah, her. Imagine being the daughter. Not of even. a serial killer. Oh, oh, I can't. Blech. And I think a lot of times people forget that the family of the serial killers are also victims. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they get, I mean, they're having to deal with, I don't know who's sitting next to me at the dinner table as well as. All I mean, you find crimes. out your whole life is a lie. Yeah. And she really struggled with it. And she's talked about how, like, you know, we were, she linked up what they were doing in real, in their normal life to the era of this crime happened or like this crime happened or Ugh. she really struggled because she actually saw the FBI agent like sitting outside her door. She called her husband and was like, there's a guy sitting outside, like in an unmarked car. He's kind of creeping me out. Like when are you coming home for lunch? And so finally, then the FBI agent came and knocked on the door and she was like, can I see your badge? Cause she's like, my dad always taught me like, ask for a badge. Don't open the door. Like he was the one teaching her oh. how to stay safe. And all the while he's a monster. Exactly. Yeah. And so the FBI agent came in and he was like, oh, are you Carrie Rawson? AKA like Carrie 
I can't think of his real last name or her maiden name. Raider. Raider. I knew it was another R. Yeah, Dennis Raider was her father. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, um, your dad's BTK. Can and you she, freaking imagine Yeah, that and she was like, what? And he's like, your dad's a serial killer. And she's like, no, like, that's not possible. Hmm. And she's like, has anyone called mom? Is mom okay? Like, what's that? Where's grandma? Like, I don't, like, she was just like, couldn't Ugh. even process what was happening. And he, they, they actually, I think it, when the, they were at her house, didn't even, hadn't even arrested her dad yet. Like they came in and like got her cause they had a sample of her DNA from a medical thing that she did in college. And that's actually how they matched him. Oh my God. So she was actually the one that caught her dad. Yeah. In, oh, in, inadvertently. Oh. Yeah. Made it possible. Made it possible. Damn. And then she talks a lot about how, and it did get a little churchy, but I know I kind of was have I was like, okay, we get it. But she, to like self-preserve, she clung on to like one Bible verse. And it was like, if God is my light, there's nothing to fear. And so throughout the book, when she starts telling, like, I was having a panic attack about, you know, because this was happening and she would recite that. I don't know if it was a Psalm or a line to herself to like self-soothe. So she does. And they were very involved in their church. Her dad actually killed somebody in their church that lived up the street from them. It was a really fascinating read to hear the other side because so many of the stories come from the, the perception of the killer. Right. And so to be able to hear the other side of how his family responded and like they had a, they obviously had to sell their house because they were like, we don't want to stay. He'd hidden like souvenirs in the floor oh, and like geez. there was a Ugh. book she found that like, so I, I think I like was so enthralled. I missed what the connection to the book was, but there was some connection in the book um, to her dad, like when they were cleaning out the house and she literally just calls the FBI and she's like, Hey, you might want this book too. Uh, and they would come and like pick up. Was- it was like a picture scrapbook or something. Yes. Because he took pictures. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And it was it was just crazy to hear. They got stuck in legal battles trying to sell the house because the victim's families were like, well, they shouldn't get money from the house. And they're like, but they're still, they're not him. They still have yeah. lives to live. And yeah, her struggle of, do I write my dad? Do I see my dad? Oof. And she did write him a fair bit, and he is such an arrogant asshole. Like, yeah, of course he is. I mean, he got away with it for how many years? Oh, it was like decades. He only got caught because he like twenty taunted years? the police. Yeah. yeah, he sent them like a floppy disk uh, that they <laughs> tracked back to him. That's how he got caught. Uh, and he even disc. like talked. He even asked her husband. He's like, "Can they track floppy disk?" And he was like, "No." And he was like, probably, but no. And that's why he sent this letter on this floppy disk. And they actually like figured out where the disk had been used. And that's how they tracked him back to the church and figure out who he was. Whoa. So, and he would taunt them. Like he would put serial, cause serial killer. Yeah. He'd put serial boxes in the like back of pickup trucks and people would find the boxes and it would have like a message from him in the serial box. Damn. Yeah. It was crazy. He was, he's fascinating yet terrifying. And she said, like, he, when the, on the anniversary of the killing of the family, because he killed a family, two kids and the parents of a family, and he watched the anniversary special. Like, they watched it as a family. Oh. And he was like, oh, that's so sad. Or, like, what, I can't remember exactly what all was said, but she's like, we watched it. Ugh. Like, it was, and then that to me is like, oh, he's revisiting the crime without having to go buy the house. Like, it was just terrifying That's creepy as 
fuck. See, this is why I was like, Martha, this book yeah. is creeping me out because so often you only get the one side, which is the important, I mean, they're all important sides, but you hear the, right. as told by the killer or by the, the victim's families, but hearing it from his family's perspective and being able to say like, oh, this time at church, I like fell out of a tree and broke my arm and my dad was so mad because they were supposed to be going out of town. But like two days before, he'd killed the woman down the street. So he was trying to like make an alibi to be out of town. Oh. And that's why he was really, and that's really why he was mad. Yeah. That was why he was mad because they couldn't leave town. Okay. Now, but was he a good father? I mean, does she have good memories yes. of him? Yeah. See, that makes it even worse. Yeah. Because then it's like this, this person that you love and is such a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. And just all of a sudden, like everything is gone and all of a sudden you love a monster. Yes. And she really like struggled with that and talked about like, how do I, that would be the hard. light in the it dark. So how hard. old was she when, when she found that out? Was she like, she was in her twenties or thirties. Oh, it's like your whole life is a lie. And that, yeah. And that's why she had in like, oh. there, she said there were glimpses of where you would see the monster. Like, he like choked out her brother one day, like he got mad at him and like held him up against the wall. But it was like glimpses. Like it wasn't like he wasn't a raging, angry person in the house all the time. Like he would just like trigger and be angry and they'd all just kind of be like, Okay, Dad, we're gonna go outside, like and kinda walk away. But it wasn't like he was just this abusive, terrible husband, father figure. Like he was hmm. he was the leader of a Boy Scout troop. Like Sorry, but Boy Scout leaders freak me the fuck out. <laughs> right? The signs were really there. For a bunch of reasons. <laughs> but it was it was just really good read. If you want to kind of get that other perspective and how she coped with... Because she went for years after he was in jail where she didn't write him. Like, he would write to her and he would send them to her mom because she hid her address from everybody. He had already been arrested when the FBI showed up at her house. And it wasn't her husband that... Um, confirm the floppy disk thing. He actually called the police um, and they are the ones who confirmed, um, or it was either the police or a reporter about the floppy disk. That they couldn't, that they couldn't track it. Yeah. They, okay. they, they intentionally told him wrong and that shows his arrogance because, you know, he asked, like I said, I can't remember. It was either somebody, I think it was because he was writing letters to the news. And so he had asked the reporter, oh, if I send you this on a floppy disk, you can't trace it, right? And they're oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And then he was already, he had already been arrested by the time they showed up on her doorstep. They're like, listen, we arrested your dad. Here's what okay. he did. She was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. I couldn't remember. When you're listening yeah. to it, I feel like sometimes it doesn't absorb in your brain the same way as right. it does when you... Well, I figured yeah. that was a misspoke, misquote from you because they wouldn't tell her that if he hadn't been True. arrested yet because... Yeah. Because they, but they did assumptions. then take her second DNA. Yeah. That when, when they were there together. They might say, you know, maybe even i don't even think they'd say that like they suspect it because they don't want her to tip her dad off or something well, but he, yeah. yeah but he never like he never left her when once he was the fbi agent was there okay. do you want to know something interesting about dennis Rader? Hmm. always i have lots of facts because i know a lot about the case 
Um, and he is a total tool bag. He really is. Um, he has a name that he specifically calls like his propensity for murder. I think he calls it like factor X or something. Oh, that's right. Whenever he would climax, he refers to that as sparky big time. Ew. I'm real glad his daughter didn't put that in her book. (laughs) Well, she might not know that. Depends on if he shouts it from the bedroom. (laughs) Sparky big time. Oh my God. But yeah. See, I remember when all of that, when he got caught, because my sisters live Live right outside of Wichita. Oh yeah. And my, my dad and like, nieces and my, nephews. all of my nieces well i didn't have a nephew at all of my nieces and all of my nieces were like 12 13 yeah yeah i mean old enough to be able to like go to the park by themselves but still young enough to be vulnerable right and it just i would hear stuff like that about what was happening in wichita it would just scare the shit out of me for them because yeah. i was like what if something happens to Ugh. one of them yeah well it being so close when you're reading it she like references places that if you live out here you know there she's mm-hmm. like we went to brahms for lunch that day or like i drive past a grandy's every day on lincoln going to work and i was like i know where i know that i know that chain like mm. It, well, I watched yeah. some stuff and read some stuff about the BTK killer. I can't remember specifics about it because I'm not as into true crime as you guys are. But when I was reading it, it freaked me out because they were places that I had actually passed mm-hmm. going to like my sister's house. Yeah. Like when they talk about like K-15. Well, yeah, I've yep. been on that interstate a lot. Yeah, it was it was creepy because it was so relatable and close. And mm-hmm. then just terrifying to think that somebody walks into your comes and knocks on your apartment door and is like hey your dad's a serial killer that's i think it's also creepy nobody knows why and he won't say why he had such a huge gap in killing yeah because it wasn't yeah it wasn't one of those where it was like jack the ripper where they were all within you know like weeks of each other yeah he'd go long stretches yeah and they i think that like I think he had like a 10 year gap he or did. something. Yeah. yeah. When sometimes they think, oh, maybe he was just really happy in his family life. And so he felt fulfilled. But I'm sure there was other shit we don't know about that he hasn't confessed to and yep. hasn't owned mm. up to. Yeah, that we probably will never know. No. And she did go for a really long stretch where she didn't communicate with him. And like he would send the letters to her mom and her mom would just like hold on to them. And when she was like, I might read them one day. And then she was like, well, she she has a daughter or two now and so after she when she had her daughter she's like i need to read these letters and so she's like mom send me the letters and then then she would write him and then there'd be like gaps where she was like nope can't deal with you you're triggering all my anxiety and like i'm in therapy because because of you and i need to cut you out and then she'd write him again like it was really interesting to kind of hear her process of Mm. coming to terms with your dad's a serial killer it was really good i highly recommend even if you're not normally like a serial killer fan it was just a very interesting insight into her life and the life of any family that has someone convicted of violent crimes and what they face mm-hmm. going through. So it was very interesting. Awesome. Hmm. Left me speechless sometimes reading it. And that was A Serial Killer's Daughter, My Story of Faith, Love, and Overcoming by Carrie Rawson. All righty then. Now that we made it through... That creep fest. <laughs> now I got serial killers on the brain. You got something scarier, Bonnie? 
So, so the book I read this week is called The Patient by Jasper DeWitt. It takes place in a mental hospital in New England. Um, I can't remember like time frame. Um, I don't think it's very like probably like 90s, 2000. So it's it's pretty modern times. Um, there's this new psychiatrist, psychologist who goes to work at the mental hospital and they're kind of like talking about like different things and everything. And they tell him about this one patient who's been there since he was like, I can't remember. It's like six years old. I think he's been there wow. and he very first came in for night terrors. Like he was afraid that, you know, of the boogeyman, you know, which a lot of kids are, uh, you know, there's a monster in my closet under the bed, yada, yada, so on and so forth. There's a monster in my chair every night in my house. Exactly. As an adult, See, you so understand. I feel that. The boogeyman comes and he just visits chills on you my all chair. the time, watches you sleep. <laughs> 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 but this patient is unique to the point where he has been there for 40 years. And has never actually been diagnosed. Nobody can pinpoint what exactly is wrong with him because every time a doctor tries to like doing talking sessions and everything with him, something happens and it creeps them out and like they try to commit suicide or they do commit suicide or the they're doctor just, does? yes, yeah, they're afraid for their life for, so for some reason he instills their darkest fear into their brain and they go a little well a little loopy little loopy and some of the doctors who this has happened to still work at the hospital so they're warning this new psychologist you know just stay away from them just don't you know we just leave that patient alone they can't even house him with other patients because he has done that to other patients too. So they just, he's like off limits. They give him his own personal space and that's it. But this psychologist decides, his name is Parker. Parker decides that he is going to cure him. You know, he's the young gung-ho doctor. He's like, I'm going to fix this that nobody else is going to fix. And so he starts, he gets the clearance and everything to start sessions with him to try to figure out to pinpoint what exactly is wrong so that he could start making him better and so you see the kind of slope that this doctor goes down while he's treating this patient this and, is giving me so much anxiety for him already <laughs> and things just kind of happen from there i don't want to go too far into it and i'm saying i'm gonna say that the ending is nothing like what I thought it would be. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty creepy. And to hear the past stories of the violence that this patient has done, actually done to people, not even just the slope into madness that he usually causes everybody who's around him for long extended periods of time but he's actually done violent things to other people because that is their worst fear oh yeah so so i need to stay away from this dude yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah. this guy is not somebody that you want to pick up on bumble don't be messaging him just because <laughs> he know. because he talks about hamilton because he will <laughs> 
He now w- Megan's going to be too paranoid <laughs> to date anybody. <laughs> he brings you in with the things that y- you think. He lures you in with things that are going to appeal to you, but also trigger your worst fears at the same time. Mm, yep. If that makes sense. Yep, I got goosebumps. So like it's the like ultimate toxic friendship. Exactly. So toxic relationship in like 200 percent but yeah it was it was short it was only like I did audio and I think it was only like four hours so it it is not a long book but it was definitely well written had definite creep factor in it and I would say that's you know if you're afraid of manipulation that you might like this book it Mm -hmm. will creep you out it will make you afraid. Especially if you happen to be a medical professional. Yeah, I was thinking Rachel. of Rachel the whole time. I was like, Rachel, don't don't help this dude. <laughs> he's, he's not a vet, so I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, he's been committed I'm, since... I'm guessing it has a paranormal twist, because... Um, can't say. You have to read it. I don't know. I've never met a patient who has that much control over me. It's kind of scary. The thought of that's kind of scary, though, as a medical professional, as somebody who is experienced in the field. Yeah. To like come up against something so powerful, you know what I mean? And sinister. Yes. And, you know, I thought about this when I was reading it and it and he was started to manipulate the, the doctor. And what I thought about is that, um. Okay, my sister does like burlesque shows and everything. She's not an actual burlesque dancer, but what she does a lot of times is she entertains the crowd and she'll do like palm reading Mm -hmm. or reading of the auras and stuff like that, like little things like that. And a lot of times she gets it right because it's all about reading people. Yeah, it is. It's about how you stand, how you hold yourself, how you emphasize even just a little emphasis on somebody's name can tell you a lot about how you feel about that person or how you, how, what kind of role they play in your life. And that's what she uses. And people are amazed that she gets so much of that right. So I'm thinking, you know, this guy is just like the ultimate palm reader. Like, imagine this guy doing your tarot reading. Hey, Mm. I actually had a tarot reading from a woman one time that was so amazing that it took me years to like let go of the stuff she told me. There was seriously my... It was pretty, it was amazing. My mom went to this um, um, person that could like read your aura and tell you like things about the future and everything and they recorded it. And she um, brought it home and we all listened to it and everything. And my mom actually didn't say a whole lot during the thing, only a few things. And it's amazing, like looking back at how much she got right. Now, there wasn't anything exact on it, but how much Mm -hmm. actually happened. I mean, it, it just... 
And this is why I did not do a tarot reading when I was in New Orleans because I was like, if anybody's going to get it right, it's going to be them. And I am not here for that. Cause I would they, totally do it. Totally do it. I was too chicken. I was scared. You no, know, I have tarot cards. I right? know. I got my wacky skill. We need skill. to do that. On I think Halloween. we should do it for Halloween. That would be so awesome. I'll take a Valium before. But imagine somebody. We're going to be drinking. You don't need a Valium. Oh, that's true. <laughs> imagine somebody with that much intuition to reading into somebody else's soul, but. They're sinister and evil. Mm-mm. And that's what this mental, this, this guy was. I can't remember his name. I can't find it on the description, but oh, yeah. It that was sounds like, really good, actually. That book sounds really good. After you hear about these things that he does and, and the Parker starts interacting with him and starts manipulating him, you're just sitting there going, don't do it don't do it it's like in the scary movie when they're going up the stairs and you're like stop going up the stairs he's waiting he has a knife but (laughs) yeah yeah so it was it was a pretty good read short short and sweet Mm, and that was called the patient by jasper dewitz rachel you've been taking a lot of notes over there what the hell are you writing all of our oh you're coloring she's writing down all of our deepest fears so she knows how to manipulate us when i'm sleeping on the couch she's just gonna come sit next to me she's using her psychological skills to shrink us (laughs) Uh uh-huh that's what it is show me your picture this isn't the first one but this one's kind of it's like a creepy halloween one i don't know if you can see it but it's not done yet that's cool yeah you can can you see the little is that an app if you look right here you can see the phantom he's like a phantom hidden in the uh see he's hiding he's looking at her through the freaking window app happy color i use happy color is it a free app yeah Ooh. and it's really cool because it has actual art Mm. in it Mm. that's one of the reasons that i like it because i like doing the art ones Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah yeah. It's a good focus tool. I it actually, is. I do it a lot. Yeah, I, it helps me focus. I actually do it a lot when I'm listening to an audiobook. So do and, I. Mm-hmm, yeah. I play solitaire. And it totally, <laughs> I started doing I it because I was so stressed out about politics right now. And I was having a hard time shutting my mind off. So I was trying to find an app because a lot of times I'll play Mahjong, but the tiles are so small. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was sort of like, God, there's got to be something else that will really just totally help me let go of everything else. Listen to my book, and that's what I I downloaded. Happy Color. Yeah. Well, the nice thing too, once they're done, you can save them to your device, and you can set them as your background or oh, stuff like that. I did not realize that. I mean, yeah. it says save on there, but I didn't. Yeah, it just saves it like a picture and then you can like, you can post it or you can set it as your background or anything like that. All right. Am I up next? Yep. It's all about you. Well, Vani, if yours was short and sweet, mine was even shorter. (laughs) Sweeter and creepy, um, I guess. So I'm a big fan of Gillian Flynn. She wrote Gone Girl. Um, I know a lot of us are really, really waiting for her to write something else. And I stumbled upon this not too long ago, but it's actually a short story. The audio version was only like an hour and a half long. And it's called The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn. 
And it was a, originally, you can find the actual hardcover standalone. That's what I had initially, but I didn't realize it. It originally appeared as what do you do in George R.R. R. Martin's rogue anthology? Hmm. So I didn't realize that it was part of an anthology originally, but what this is, it's a story that follows um, a young woman and she starts when the story starts she's working in a place that kind of funny enough um does reading auras and things like that and it also kind of doubles as a rub and tug <laughs> so a rub and tug a what <laughs> martha and i were looking at happy colors over here and all i heard was rub and tug <laughs> And one day this lady named Susan comes in and she's distraught. And much like we were just talking about, our main character knows how to pick up on certain cues and different things. And she reads her and this lady keeps coming back. And what she slowly learns is this woman believes that something is wrong with her house that it's it's haunted or something but she's having trouble with her stepson as well so of course wanting to make money our main character says well i should probably you know come to your house and do a cleansing and all this kind of stuff and so she agrees and when our main character gets there uh she meets miles the stepson that Susan is concerned about. And he's very creepy as reported in one scene. He actually, he, he comes home. He actually doesn't leave for school. So the main character, she's alone in the house to do her spiritual cleansing. And he sneaks up behind her and scares her. And when she goes to leave, she discovers he's vomited in her purse. Oh, Jesus. oh man. Yeah. He's, That's he's a gross. But within this very short story her interaction with susan the mom and miles the the i think he's like early teenager you start to question what motives are right so initially she thinks that miles is evil and something's going on in the house and it's affecting him and all these things but then she has a discussion with miles and now she's not sure who to believe and the story leaves you on a cliffhanger. Oh, oh. I love it when that and, happens. And it's a short story, so it's not and even... It's short. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome yeah. yet irritating. I can share it with you guys on Amazon or on Audible if you want to read it. But um, it's good. It's it's a, Because it's so short and because Gillian Flynn she knows how to write a story. I'm just going to say I've read all of her books. I've loved them all. And this short story did not disappoint. It's one of those where she's describing certain things. It gives you that creepy vibe, right? Little kids sneaking up behind you, weird sounds, weird things happening. And who do I trust? Who can I trust? And it brings up, the manipulation thing of what happens when the manipulator becomes the manipulated mm. and I, you know, what's real. So 
it was really, really good. It, it's not going to take up a lot of your time. I remember when I first found the book, I actually found it in a, a used bookstore in Albuquerque. And I read it in just about an hour or two in a hotel room. And I wanted to reread it. And I reread it today um, and listened to it. So good. It just, and it just gives you that Halloween vibe and it makes you feel all creepy. So I would recommend it. And again, that was The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn. Awesome. That sounds like a good, real short, like if you need something just for real quick. I had some other books I thought about reviewing, but I hadn't reviewed The Grown Up. And I was like, I feel like I need to bring in the spook factor of this. And a lot of people don't know that The Grown Up exists because it wasn't a publicized thing. And like it said, it was originally part of an anthology that was then published separately so i thought it might help to get it out there a little bit well and do you think with it being left on a cliffhanger that she'll write another short story you think she'll maybe take that short story and turn it into her next like into a book someday that's an interesting question i don't know i mean it definitely the way she left it a whole story could be an entire book could be made from there for sure so that's interesting i don't know that could be kind of cool. Like if you think about it, like that'd be such a good like teaser as an author to be like, here's like the first three chapters of my book. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it does as a short story and then decide if I want to like keep it alive. Yeah. That could be really clever actually. And the boy actually at one point he referred to himself as a sociopath. Hmm. But we don't really know if that's true. You may have just created a bunch of monsters with this painting situation over oh, here. Sorry. Is that what you guys are doing uh, over yes, there? No, this that is isn't awesome. what I'm doing. I was actually going over my... Um, Your book? Yeah. I was listening and painting and thinking that I may never work ever again. It sucks the battery, though. <laughs> oh, dude. I bet it does. I mean, really bad. Is, yeah. This yeah, is it like, does. it was so soothing to like sit here and... It is. It's totally just soothing. To, and it's not it like you have you forget to everything else. color in the lines because yep. you're just tapping the number. So it because mm-hmm. that's what always stresses me out is I'm one of those people that I feel like I have to color inside the line. So if I thought mm-hmm. I was going to have to like shade, I was like, my fingers are too fat for this on a phone. But you just tap and it, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> my boss is going to be like, what the hell are you doing? I'll be like, I'm coloring. he probably wouldn't even care he'd be like what are you coloring what is this app i need this for the 75 zoom calls i'm on every day it's perfect for zoom calls because people think you're like taking notes like it does look it It does exactly look like you're i'm just so surprised that both of us had the same app and had never talked about it that's funny that's funny great minds long time great minds this is glorious Mm -hmm. all right so the book that i read was a book I would have read anyway, because you know I love horror. But this author has, I, I think I've read just about everything by him. He says things that nobody else would dare to. I mean, the guy is legendary. This is The Invention of Sound by Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, Chuck. The stuff he writes about would is just, it's shocking most of the time. He is pretty shocking, He's shocking. in his writing. Yeah. Well, this book starts out there. There are basically two main character, two main storylines going on. The the first person that you meet is a guy who has lost his daughter, but it's been seventeen years, and he's still chasing um, the killer or the abductor or whatever. 
so what he does is he finds out information about pedophiles and then stalks them and tries to catch them out. Vigilante justice. Yeah, sort sorry, of. That sounds yeah. a little dangerous. Yeah, so he does that. Um, and, and somehow he ends up at the door of this woman who is, she's a young woman, but she's a Foley artist. Do you guys know what a Foley artist is? Mm-mm. Please mm-hmm. enlighten us. Okay, so a Foley artist is a person who creates sound effects. Mm. Oh. Yeah, and being in audio like I am, of course, I've always been fascinated by the way sound effects are created and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, well, she basically has taken over her father's business mm-hmm. by doing these sound effects. Well, as time goes on in the book, you start to realize that Mitzi, I think her name is, is she creates sound effects in a very unusual way. (laughs) No, Chuck Holonek. She, well, this is a horror novel, guys. I was like, she's about to... This is make not, some real life yeah. horror sounds with real life horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what she does is she basically creates these screams and sells them to the highest bidder. But they're actual screams. They're actual screams. This book was so fucking scary, especially for me, because all these years I've been using those sound effects and it, I was sort of running through my mind, you know, of all the times I have used these different kinds of screams in the, you know, commercials I've used over the years and promos I've used over the years. It was so well plotted and so incredibly visceral. A lot of his novels are like that anyway, but you kind of see that, I mean, it's just so horrific. The stuff that's in this book is so horrific that it just makes your skin crawl. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm feeling pretty itchy right now myself. It is Did abso- it make you worry that your sounds that you use in radio are... I did do a lot of thinking about that during during this. That you're like, oh man, did book. we use the sound of a, I, of yeah, a villain? I did an awful lot of thinking about that. The more you think about it, the more gross and horrible this book becomes. Mm. It was, it was really excellent. I don't think I gave it five stars. I think I only gave it four, mainly because I didn't think that it wasn't the kind where I had a hangover afterwards. Mm. Right. You know, mm. I try. I'm trying not to give out my five stars. Unless I really am feeling it. And I mean, I really liked it. Trying not to be a five-star slut. Yeah. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of holding back that star. Although, you know, Chuck, he just gets me. You know, he's just weird and horrible. And, his books. And I love the weird and horrible. I, there's only been one book of his that I read that I absolutely hated. And that was Pygmy. That, put, that book that. pissed me off so bad. Oh my God, I was angry after I read that book. Ugh. But I did love all of his other books mm-hmm. because, I mean, he just he just goes there. Very, very dark humor usually, but this was not humorous at all. Really? It was terrifying. Mm. 
when i feel like because you work in audio like in radio that it's like just that extra creep factor it definitely had that extra layer of creep factor for me but if you like it creepy and you're you you don't shy away from the really extremely horrible you might actually like this book i liked it the dark humor lives deep in me (laughs) and the darkness i kind of like i like looking at things that are so dark that most people wouldn't look at them because then i'm not afraid of them does that make Mm. sense yeah the more horrific it is, I can look at it. You're looking the monster in the face yes. saying, I give you no power. That, that's exactly right. That's you what I no do. You have no power over me. Exactly. That's for Lambert. <laughs> yeah. But this really was excellent. It was, uh, it was a good, I would like to see a horror movie made out of this book. Really? Because it was that good. Wow. But it was unique at the same time. I think that's one of the reasons that. Polinick is always unique. He Everything is. that I've read of his, even th- I read one of his books that I really didn't care for. I think it was like Monsters. Invisible Monsters. Invisible Monsters. Yeah, I, I, I really one. wasn't a huge fan of that. But his writing is so unique and like you said, so horrific. Twisty and dark. And yes, very dark. If you're easily offended, you do not want to read Chuck Polinick. No, 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 definitely it is not. not for the faint of heart. Yeah. He like who who wrote Dirty Jobs? Who is that? Christopher Moore. Christopher Moore. He's way okay. darker than Christopher Moore. Yeah, I was going to say he's like way darker. He's like Christopher Moore on steroids. If mm. you've ever read anything from Christopher Moore, because he's pretty dry and Chuck Palahniuk is dark, insane and twisted. But wow, what an imagination that guy has. I love him. I would love to have coffee or beer with Chuck Palahniuk. I mean, that would be the best present ever. So long as it's in a public place and other people are <laughs> present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I worry, about, I worry about that a little bit. Yeah. Of course. I mean, look at Stephen King. I mean, same thing. I mean, I would love to have a beer with him too. I love the way their minds work. Mm-hmm. To be able to function in normal society and have you know that kind of plot going through your head you kind of just have i have to you know props to you guys man that's that great stuff I, I i really i admire and aspire to that level of talent so anyway see i couldn't be a creepy writer because <clears throat> i would creep myself out and i'd be like nope can't finish <laughs> I'd be uh, like, gotta run away i started reading horror novels at a very early age it takes quite a bit to really super scare me but um yeah same yeah but i really liked this it was the invention of sound by chuck polinick that that's definitely going on the to be read list it was really really twisted rachel I think I already bought it, actually, when you told me about it before. <laughs> She's like, I paused my coloring to order it immediately. Oh, I'm pretty sure it has a watermelon on the cover, right? It does, like, yes. Watermelon. Yeah, I yes. Tom might actually, well, I don't know. He might. Oh, yeah, he might like yeah, that. Because it's got that whole, the you know, the whole sound thing going for it. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about yeah. that. I've done um, uh, old-time radio-type scripts. Mm-hmm. where you know they have to create the sound effects right there and stuff mm-hmm. i've always been fascinated by things like that by the different things that make different sounds 
I do yeah. like when you watch those yeah. behind the scenes things of movies and you'll be like, how did that rubber shoe and that tin can make exactly. that noise? I mean, it that, just like, really takes a lot. You don't realize it until you try to create your own sound effects because I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you look for it and you just, you're not finding exactly what you want. So you have to do it yourself. And it's a lot harder than it looks because it doesn't sound exactly like you would think it sounds Mm -hmm. when you put it on, when you Mm -hmm. record it. I always laugh because when I watch the behind the scenes of like the second or third Twilight, that I will never hear the sound of rain in a movie the same because they were talking about how when Jacob's grandfather's telling, it was actually raining the day they were filming. So they were like under the tent and all that. And he goes, he's delivering like the speech of his, like the monologue of his life in this movie. And it sounds like sizzling sausages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of the rain. It doesn't like, sound like you it, think it, it would It doesn't sound, sound like yeah. rain. So yeah. every time I watch that scene, all I hear in the background is like sizzling sausage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> how, how do they create rain sound? Well, it depends on what it's hitting what rain is hitting i mean you have to plus you have to be able to position the microphone in such a way that you're getting the sound right without all the extraneous sound unless that's what you want it's very complicated yeah he did, he was like we sat here trying to like cover up the sound of the rain because all you could hear was the rain and because it was actually raining it wasn't manufactured rain and he described it as sounding like sizzling. So if you you'll watch never that watch, scene, after you'll hear you, it. After you see the way it works, you never watch a movie the same way again. Because all those sounds are artificial. They're yeah. all put in after the fact. All the punches and the smashes and the hits and, and the grunts. All that stuff is music done after stuff. the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like the music's placed in after yep. and weird yep that's why i love watching the behind the scenes of movies because you watch and you're like oh this scene is totally different without all the extra yep yep yeah Yeah. it's kind of like that's um, why there is an award for that in the mm -hmm. academy awards oh yeah if you've ever watched uh sort of the behind the scenes of how they make food look a certain way for god yes for photographing it yeah it's disgusting i have a legit question okay related to the cannibals all right okay Okay. The penis eaters? The ball eaters? Don't judge me, but isn't anybody else, somebody else has to be with me. At least I don't want to do it, but aren't you just a little curious as to what we taste like? Like, yes. Has no one. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You wonder what we taste like. I don't need to like, I don't need to Jeffrey Dahmer it up, but you fucking bitches. But I mean, I'm with you. I think it's our criminal, like our our true crime mind. Aren't you curious, like what other things taste like, like other animals that you have never had before? We're just, I mean, technically, we're just another mammal that's running around Earth that somebody can kill, cook up, and eat for dinner. I have no desire whatsoever to taste human flesh, you guys. Sorry. I mean, I don't want to make it like a daily occurrence, but... Here's a little tip, though, for all you cannibals out there. I'm sure y'all listen. Don't eat raw human flesh because you can get a disease from that, I think. No, I think that's the brain. Um, It's called uh, Jacob Kruschfeldt. Kruschfeldt Jacobs disease, I think. Yes. It's a brain. It's it's from eating the brain. There are prions in the brain that can cause you to go insane. 
it like yeah. makes your sponge spongiform encephalitis i believe it's called all i really want is for some journalist or something to go ahead and ask the question that i get it it's it, it's not kosher to ask but there are those of us who want to know so do we taste like chicken yeah that's my <laughs> that's my thing do the different parts taste different? I mean, just ask the question. I know. I'm with you. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, think about it. Like, we eat chicken. Do <laughs> you we, could deep. Do we taste like chicken? I mean, you deep Come fry on, a, you cannibals out there. You deep fry a chicken leg. We'd like to hear from you. We want to see. <laughs> what, email we us. We want to know what we taste. Do we taste like beef or chicken? <laughs> you wanna, since this is Halloween, you want to know something? Always. So, Albert Fish. Oh. Yeah. So Albert Fish was a serial killer, uh, I want to say back in the early 1900s. Yes, in New York. And he he ate children. Sure did. And he actually had written recipes, and I've actually seen uh, a picture of one of the recipes and things. So I'm, I'm just curious. I actually wrote a paper about him when I was in college because I was a baby psychologist I would and, love to read it and it was called something tastes fishy uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the title of my paper I mean that is oh, a great title my God. can I please read it do you still have it <laughs> I'll have to look it might have been on one of my old computers I have we no might have to blog that <laughs> Uh, something tastes fish i hope we don't taste like fish that would be disappointing oh that would be real i'd rather taste like chicken and i also wonder if what we eat makes a difference because i know that if you eat um venison say for example in wyoming it's very sagey it's like pre-seasoned with sage because they eat sagebrush Mm. um so and if you eat venison say in minnesota it tastes completely different i'm gonna go with probably then it it's kind of a proven fact that the semen of men who don't consume meat and dairy actually has a more pleasant taste. I've heard this before. I don't know about more pleasant. No, it well, tastes it tastes grassier. I mean, I'm telling you from experience. Okay. It will taste. I'm not saying that I know this to be true, but I'm not saying I don't know it to be true. Come on, but, Rachel. You you played with a vegan for a while. You should be able to tell us. Listen, I <laughs> she is telling us. She's telling us without telling us. So, Mom, have you been eating meat again? God damn it! Lay <laughs> <laughs> off the hamburger. <laughs> Okay, and on that note, let's get into four. Three Three Book book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.